Welcome to the Homegirls. Four top producing mega realtors, moms, wives, and friends talking about real estate and real life. Angela, Kristen, Jessica, and Lindsay are in the top 1% of all real estate agents and would be honored to receive your real estate referrals in Colorado. Join us as we drop a new episode every Monday anywhere podcasts are aired, in real life on YouTube, and connect with us every day on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HomegirlsCO. Thanks for listening. We love you. We are joined today by Colin Cameron, who is the master of video and the master of hyper local markets and the master of all kinds of other fun things. So um, Colin is small town agents in Hanover, Pennsylvania. And we'd love if you would just tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us how you got into real estate to start. Ooh, okay. Uh, master is generous. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> I'd say I have a good understanding. How about that? Uh, I am in Hanover, Pennsylvania. I'm about 20, 20 minutes outside of Gettysburg. Um, as far as where I am in my career, I am just entering year six. Uh, last year in my area, I finished ninth for total units for my local board. Um, so I'm, I'm very blessed. I'm very blessed with what's going on and um, what I've identified. I'm really into video, social media, and connecting with people outside of postcards and print media. That is my jam. So how did you fall in love with video? Like, how did that start? Uh, that's actually a great question. I don't think anybody's ever asked me that. Um, about three or so years ago, um, I maybe four, four years ago, I was dabbling in video. And I had a professor in a territory that I don't usually work about an hour away from me. And he goes, Colin, I've tried to list my house with three different agents. And I want to work with somebody I know. And I just want you to try and I want you to bring something different. And I created a video called dating a house. And I put a name tag on myself and it was the address of the house. And then uh, my partner and somebody else at the time, literally were pretending to be on Tinder and swiped and stopped at my address. And they spent an afternoon doing different activities in the house like they were dating it. And it really took off and it got national attention. I was like, holy shit, am I allowed to curse? I don't even know. You bet. Uh, holy shit, like there's something to this. Um, and then from there, I kind of made it standard that every single house I had got a video. Um, and I really, uh, I cut loose on being myself and not caring about other people's opinions. And I put myself out there and it, it worked, gosh darn it. What advice do you have for agents that are just getting into the media side of things and the video and are more timid personality-wise or feel like they maybe have a face for radio um, and don't really know what to do, what to say, what to do some videos on content-wise and what to put out there? What advice would you give them how to start and what to start with? Sure. Uh, there's, there's a number of things. First, stop, stop getting in your own way. Um, so I run a group with my great friend, Tim Macy, called RETV. And the phrase of that group is just hit record, press the red button. Um, we overthink things as agents. We're really worried about our image and our public perception. Um, mm -hmm. At the end of the day, though, the people that we're worried about, uh, it's not necessarily our friends or our consumers. We're worried about the judgment of other agents. Yeah. which is really, really stupid. Um, yeah. They don't pay us a damn cent, not at all. Um, the only thing we should be worried about of other agents' concerns are, am I playing nice in the local pool and are they gonna sell my houses? 
but we shouldn't be worried about what they think of our marketing or our advertising. They do not write your paycheck, right? right. Um, the other side of it is a lot of us will pay for billboards. We'll, we'll pay for things where we have our face on ridiculous spots like fanny packs, mugs, park benches, right? <laughs> Just as a for fanny packs. <laughs> no, fanny packs are cool. They're coming back, right? Um, but like literally, we will put our face on a bench and let people sit on us, but we're afraid to talk on a video. Right, right. That's backwards. That's super backwards. And the beauty of video, right, is the thing that we're all trying to get. We're all trying to be approachable, right? And when you have your, you know, your, your power stance, right, and you have a business <laughs> card or you have a billboard, that's not nearly as approachable as hearing somebody's voice, hearing their intentions, right? So one of my favorite phrases is, we need to make content. We're always told we need to make content. But make content that has intent, right? What's the point of making content without being transparent about who you are, what you are, what your messaging is, or who you care about or what you care about? What is your intent when you make that content? So I have, a, I have a question. So when you're recording a video or you're doing, this has been in the back of my mind for a couple of months now. And I think this is the reason why I don't do video with my marketing is because number one, I don't know how that's probably number one. Number two, um, you see all these other agents. And again, I'm that agent. Maybe I'm judging. You see all these other agents do like selfie videos through their, through their houses. And I'm like, I don't want to see your face. I want to see the house. So what are your thoughts on that? Uh, but, hmm. So you're telling me you're not doing video because you're worried about doing a one-to-one -one video where you're showing yourself and not the house as fully as you could? No. Um, number one, I don't want to do a selfie video. And two, I don't know how to do a video correctly, I guess, in a tasteful manner, I guess. Sure. So here, here's, here's, here's what I'll get at. You're not going to know what works until you try. True. Right? Okay. And so the next point I want to make too is I just got done talking to my friends in a very luxury market. Their average price point is over $800,000, right? Their very first videos that they did were with an iPhone 8 and they would edit it on their, on their cell phone. And if that worked for them in a luxury market to get it done and to get traction and to get noticed, it can work for anybody. They're going to do a hundred million dollars worth of real estate this year. Granted, they have much better equipment now and they have somebody who edits it all and does all that stuff, but you have to start somewhere. And the reality is, is that you shouldn't invest $3,000 into a camera until you started with your phone. Right, right, okay, okay. So when you first started, were you shooting like what kind of equipment were you using when you first started and then do you have a professional videographer now because like there's a lot of agents out there that are like we're hiring an in-house full-time videographer that kind of stuff so are you there now what are you using now sure uh, i'm somewhere in the middle uh when i got started i was using my phone and i was using a canon like m7 which is like a 600 hundred dollar camera uh it just had a built-in mic and then it had a flip up uh, video screen so you can see what you're doing, which is I would really encourage you if you get a camera, make sure you can watch what's going on, uh, but don't get caught looking at it while you're recording. Make sure you're looking at the lens. Uh, but it's nice to know what your foreground is, right? That's the background. Um, now, where am I? Um, I have a video intern, so somebody from the college that I give a monthly stipend. Uh, I reached out to my former, my firm, what, how, do you, how do you call it when it's your former school, your, your alumni school? I don't, I don't know. I, I think um, so. 
So I, I was lucky enough to go to school for PR and communication. Uh, so I reached out to my old department there and I said, hey, I have an opportunity. I'd be happy to give them a stipend monthly um, and for them to get some real world experience. And so now I have somebody for, well, we'll see, this coronavirus is creating chaos. Uh, we have somebody who will create two videos a week for us for hopefully the next six months. Um, and then from there, we'll see where it goes. Uh, but it's about starting off with what you're comfortable with and what you can do, right? Um, there's other things you can do too, guys. You don't have to put somebody fully on retainer. Uh, you can shoot videos and send it off to Fiverr to get edited. You can hire somebody per shoot. You don't have to have somebody on retainer. Uh, don't, don't bite off more than you can chew until you know you're going to use the asset, right? Yeah, absolutely. So if you guys haven't watched Colin's videos before, um, they are, like, they're definitely not what Kristen was just talking about, which is the agent, like, either looking at themselves or just camera pointed towards the house, like, touring you around the rooms. These are like video productions. Like they very much tell stories. Um, they're really fun and funny to watch. So I would love to know how you come up with your ideas. And do you still get scared when you come up with something and you go, hmm, that might be like a little off color or a little off book, or is this too weird? Like, does that still bother you? Uh, sure. Absolutely. Um, so I, I'm blessed enough to have a number of friends where I'm like, hey, hip check me, check this out before I publish it. I would really encourage you all to do that. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'll also tell you too, the ones that kind of make you raise your eyebrow are often the ones that you're going to knock out of the park. Um, but you also need to make sure you're not going to offend anybody. And I think in your market, you're very aware of the power of video and doing the wrong topic. Um, <laughs> as far as my ideas, if you look right behind me. Oh, he's got a big whiteboard with all these scribbles on it. Yeah, I'm totally the guy that has a thought in the shower and then I just run upstairs and I write it on the board. Uh, this is my home office that you're seeing in the background. Um, it's, it's about, you know, where we get lost in real estate is always feeling the need to talk about real estate, right? We're already showing off a house. Why do we feel like we have to specifically talk real estate mumbo jumbo every time we talk about the house. Why can't we make a joke? Why can't we keep people engaged? At the end of the day, consumers, even real estate agents, we're goldfish. You know, we, we, have, we have the memory and the capacity to last maybe five to seven seconds before we're like, all right, let's go on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. we, have, we have the scrolling mentality mentally that social media has adopted to us. So if you're not going out of your way to engage a consumer with what you're creating, then what are you creating? Yeah. Do you have a, like a favorite video that you've done and a, I hate this video the most that you've done? <laughs> I have tons that I hate. <laughs> tons. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, you know, when it comes to creating video, it's just like a picture. The more pictures you throw, the better you're going to get. Mm -hmm. um, I have some standards type styles of video that I do where, you know, I'll just pull out my tripod, I'll turn on my camera, I'll have the house in the foreground. It'll be a two to three minute video where I'm talking about topical jokes and I just go back and forth with my partner and we'll just riff and then we'll weave in facts about the home. And that's a standard vet, standard set. I call it a trunk video because literally I will put the tripod in my trunk and back up my car so that it protects it from the wind and the audio and I just go to town. Our job is to talk and engage people. You know, it, it's no different for us to talk to a camera than to talk to a person. Um, as far as videos that I love that I've created, 
uh, I was really fortunate about a year or so ago to create a video called You Know You're From. Um, and it was a hyper-local video where I went around to different spots in my town and I made jokes about, you know, different intricacies of the town, right? Like there's a restaurant that closes seasonally. And so I pulled in and I was like, well, if you've ever done this, you know, you're from Hanover because you thought it was open or there's a certain traffic pattern that's really hard to navigate unless you know the area. And I highlighted that, um, that got about a hundred thousand views and like 3000 shares. Um, so what did you do? What? What did you do with that intersection? Like what, how, what did you do? All I did was I mounted my camera to the inside of the dash and I drove through it and then I, I narrated over it. Um, so like, so part of my niche where I create content is I create a lot of content that's universal. So I have, you know, like I do not have the most glamorous video style, but my concepts that I create that aren't specific to a home are concepts that you can take into your market and adapt to your market. So it was really cool because after I created that video, a lot of my friends copied it. And, you know, one of my friends had 300,000 views, got all over the news. Um, I've had people copy in Philadelphia, similar results to me. Um, that style of video has gotten millions and millions of views just from the actual concept. Um, so I'm really proud of that one. Um, aside from that, uh, you know, sometimes when you have to put too much work into something, those are the ones that fail because you have very high expectations. Um, mm -hmm. I created a video probably about a year and a half ago where I wanted it to be like pop-up video. Remember that? Mm -hmm. um, where it had the little blurbs and they'd drop it over yeah. it. And I had this whole storyline in my head and I thought it was really artsy and cool and it fucking sucked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it just did. I mean, it, it got some views, but it wasn't what I wanted. And, you know, just like we're worried about other people and what their thoughts are of us, we got to get on our, out of our own head for artistry, right? Like we have this, I don't want to compromise my art. We're just, we're selling houses at the end of the day. That's what we're doing. It's, it's not glamorous. It's a great job because we get to connect with people, but don't make it more than what it is. Agreed. What are your thoughts on outtakes and, you know, people that stutter or it's not perfect when they're first starting, do you recommend that they keep that authenticity or record it, re-record it and edit it out and all of that? Because I think that for when people are getting started, that kind of thing is really overwhelming is having to re-record it and then getting frustrated and not coming out perfect and you can tell it's not as authentic and as raw because you're re-recording it 400 times to make it perfect yeah um and this is this is where i'll go with it so like my style of video is not super high-end and that's actually very intentional um could i do that yes um do i leave mistakes in there all the time do i put outtakes at the end 100 percent. and the reason i do that is because i want people to know me i want people to know that i'm human I do yeah. not want to be a perfect billboard. I want to be somebody with flaws that you'd want to go sit down and have a beer with and actually relate to. Yeah. So don't overthink it. Just record and what comes out comes out and people will probably enjoy that more than the over recording, over editing, all of that, because it's not authentically you. Um, no. People can relate to you more if you mess up. A hundred percent. And here's the other thing too, right? So like, this is how I dress every day is a backwards hat, you know, a t-shirt and jeans or whatever it is I have that day is I do this, I do videos and I do it the way that I do it because it's called self filtering. So people are either going to be attracted to what I'm offering or they're not going to be attracted to what I'm offering. So what that does is you're, it's an easier way to create raving fans, but it's also pushing away the people that would never want to work with you. And it's creating the clientele that you always want to work with. 
I love that. That's genius. Okay, so I want to. I want your opinion. What's your opinion on TikTok? Are you on it? Are you using it? Ooh, uh, I had this discussion the other day. Um, I think TikTok's use is if you can figure out how to create content that's multi-platform. Um, so if you can create something in there, download it, put it on Instagram, put it on Facebook, whatever, that's great. That's multi-platform. TikTok itself, I'm very skeptical. Um, I'm skeptical because the average user is like 16. Right. Um, I think it's fun. Like I understand the, the fun. Uh, but I think it's very few agents that are going to see massive penetration to actually gain traction and get business from it. I think it's a, uh, I think it's a bit of a lottery right now. Okay. Or it's long-term lead gen follow-up for these six. (laughs) That could be a very long pipeline for a lot of people. Right? Watch my video and go ask your mom and dad to buy a house for me. Did you download it and put it on other platforms? (laughs) Good. Then you made it multi-platform. That's my point, right? There you go. So what's your opinion on what I would call like some of these like shock value or like controversial type videos? So we interviewed a woman that's in our local market who made a video in my opinion that was not meant to be like a shock value video, but um, a group of people got very offended about it. And I personally, I think all of us have seen agents do stuff that's like way more off color um, than what she did but the local news picked it up and then the national news picked it up and it turned into this massive controversy so but the agents that do that kind of stuff on purpose like Erica Wolf who I am obsessed with and love you know she did the video of herself naked Mm -hmm. walking through the house Um, you've got like agents that are kind of you know we had like T-Rexes popping up in houses for a while. And we had people having sex on the counter for a while. Like, what is your opinion on that type of content? Uh, you really have to know your market. Uh, that's, that's the biggest, biggest thing. You know, like Erica Wolf's down in Jupiter, Florida. Far more relaxed there. Far more open to concepts like that. I am in conservative land 101. I cannot mm-hmm. do something like that. You know, the video you're talking about where it got picked up nationally, that was Fresh Prince, right? Yes. There was, there was cultural stuff going on there in the background that, you know, I don't think it was intentional what happened, but it was there. Um, it's really examining your landscape of the market and having to know it and being, in a, you know, an authority. You know, I sell, I sell properties that are, you know, bottom of the barrel, and then I sell really nice properties. I see the whole spathom of things, right? I see everything. But I think sometimes when agents only sell one type of property, they might get lost in a certain mindset um, because you're not relating to all types of people. And that's, that's where you should really be checking in to make sure you're not offending anybody. So. True. Can we switch gears into something very contentious in Pennsylvania? Yeah, so absolutely. I, I went to um, high school there. From a, I'm from a little small town in Pennsylvania by Hershey. They're all um, small towns. Right? <laughs> from a which, town. which town are you in? We didn't have a Dairy Queen. Um, it, was, it was Cleona, um, which is Anvil Cleona High School in Lebanon County. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm only about an hour from there. Yeah, I used to live in Stewartstown, Shrewsbury area, really close to you in York County. Oh, yeah. I just showed um, houses there a few days ago. Oh, did you? Oh, that's my first ever house I bought there. I love it. Um, what is your favorite out of Pennsylvania item food-wise? Because there's so many things that come out of Pennsylvania, factories mm-hmm. that you have like in your backyard. Mm-hmm. So what is your favorite? 
Oh, uh, so in my, because people might not know. In my backyard specifically, I have Utz and Snyder's, which are both very large snack food companies. Um, what do I want out of this area, though? Uh, really, I want Baltimore pit beef. Mm. Um, it's really a distinct flavor, and it's pretty solid. I will drive an hour and a half to go get a raisin from Chaps. Oh, wow. Mm. I, don't I know. did love that Orville's getting that boobs barbecue. Mm. That is good stuff. Mm. It really, really is. And I, I know you're missing out, Lindsay. Sorry. <laughs> you ship it to me on ice, please. I, <laughs> we can't. I, think it, I don't think it'll hold up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so back to bomb though. Back to video. So how much is your average? Do you have an average budget for producing a video? Is there a budget that you would maybe try to have people stick to when they first start out? Uh, what I would caution you to do is when you are taking listings, make sure you just know your cost bottom line. Uh, whether that's a sign in the ground or lockbox placement, however you work it, make sure you always have that rough figure in your head so it's always a factor when you go to list that home. Um, for me, between everything, I usually allocate between four and $500 for everything all said and done. Uh, between signage, video, whatever that is. Just a consistent budget. Awesome. And then where are you sharing these videos? Because like, I think one of the things that agents like to quietly snicker about with people in general that do a lot of video is like, oh, it's only other real estate agents that watch this. Like no consumer is ever going to even look at this. So where are you sharing things that they get views? Sure, uh, I always try to natively post everything. So I'm not so hung up on view count anymore. I'm worried about placement. Uh, so I'll place it on my business page. I'll place it on my personal page. And then if there's a couple of like local groups that are friendly to that kind of thing, I will do that also. Uh, in my town in particular, there's a page that has 15,000 people, which is essentially the whole population of my town. Um, I'll do it there all the time. So when I have non-real estate content, then I will place it in there, which, you know, one of the things you should take from us talking right now is you cannot be real estate all of the time. Uh, you have to be a real person on social media. You have to share your life. You have to share your opinions and you have to create content that is not so fucking selfish all of the time. And that is why opinions ha uh, are formed by other agents about it's just real estate. Well, no, what are you doing to give back? You know, what business have you talked to? What park have you gone to? What things have you shown? how to be a local expert and navigate that area. What about analytics wise? How long are your videos? Do they all range? Are they each timed for a different purpose? Do you have teaser videos? Can you get into like the analytics of that and the thought process behind that? Because I enjoy that. that I geek out over like the why behind things, why they work <laughs> um, and social media and what things you should be posting and what you shouldn't. Um, yeah, you, so you need to get into not, that. You're not going to love my answers. I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, depending on the video style, it could be 10 minutes. I pretty consistently find myself around two and a half to three minutes. That is where I find most of my videos, particularly when it's a listing video, um, because that is kind of the sweet spot of intro and outro. And then you have about a minute and a half to two minutes of actual body. Right. Um, as far as analytics and how do I track it? Uh, Angela, I, I can literally point to videos and go, oh, I met so-and-so because of that video, or I got that house because of that video. Those are the analytics, is can you go back through your Rolodex of your past sales over the last year and identify where they came from? 
right? And I can tell you my social media presence, you know, it, it represents 70% of my business as a whole. Uh, nice. Video, video and the way you should view video outside of just views, yada, 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 is it's a service. It's an additional tool that you can offer to your seller, right? And beyond that, it's a practice that we all have. We all want to practice TOMA. So TOMA is top of mind association. If you're consistently creating video content and you're in front of people on a weekly basis or a daily basis, people are going to remember you and they're going to know you when that time comes, which is why I say you don't always have to make real estate, con you know, real estate content. You just need to be in front of people and be relevant. I think honestly, probably the real estate videos get you the least amount of views because it's only really sexy and exciting to other realtors. <laughs> Uh, yes and no. It, it, it really depends. So I do quite well my listing videos when I'm able to weave in kind of local stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, so one of my favorite videos, we just talked about snacks. So Utz is in my backyard. They approached me and they said, hey, I have a ton of chips. You want them? And I said, sure. So what yeah. I did, it was the start of the baseball season. And so there's a really great connection between Natty Bow, which is the Baltimore mm -hmm. beer and the Orioles and Utz, right? So there's the Natty Bow guy and there's a little Utz girl and there's a whole ad a couple of years ago where they proposed to each other, right? Mm -hmm. So what I did, it was the first day of baseball. I had Natty Bow and I had chips and this whole video was about my journey to find the chips and the Natty Bow through the house. People loved it. People loved mm -hmm. it because they go, oh, I've done that. I've been there. I know that brand. I know that. And so I got to give away a hundred bags of Utz chips because it was just local content, right? I love that. So what I'm hearing you say is go deeper, um, bring in your community and the little niches and the quirks and the things that really like rope in people from your community, right? And not just talk about the house. Correct. And, and, and even bigger than that, you know, Sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you. So old school real estate thought is, hey, I'm gonna retire and sell my book of business, right? Every Joe Smith thinks that he can retire off his database of ten thousand people. That's not a reality anymore. Um, nope. It's simply not. So if you're not creating a brand, you are missing an opportunity, right? Because brand is something tangible, it's something relatable, and it's something that other people might want to wear, right? So one of the beauties of small town agents is we really endeared ourselves to the community. We can walk around on a regular basis and see somebody wearing one of our t-shirts. Like, that's really cool. For years ago, that's never, never a thought in my head of being something. But they know that this, that this is that group and they make content about Hanover and Gettysburg. And I like them and I wanna relate to them. And I want them, they view us as a local brand. How many agents can say they're viewed as a local brand? None, not many, probably. Yeah. So, okay. One of the things that I get overwhelmed about is how you ask your sellers to do these crazy concept videos in their houses. So, like, I can't imagine saying to my sellers, like, "Hey, can you get out of the house for a couple hours because I'd like to run around in a T-Rex suit, or like, mm -hmm. I'd like to walk around in the house naked, or I want to bring over all my friends and put them in your swimming pool." Like, how do you approach them without? freaking them out. So first off, they already know who I am and what I'm about before I even get there, right? They already know that I'm gonna have an idea or a concept right there for them. They already know that. And every house I will create a unique concept for what it is. Um, 
I'm probably not walking through the door unless they want something like that. Um, and part of the nice part about video is when you have a listing appointment, it's a slam dunk. They already know you. You know, they brought you in there because they've seen what you're doing. And even better, it cuts that appointment down in half. It cuts out a lot of the uh, get to know you portion. It makes it so that you get statements like, oh, you're that dude who did that video. Or, hey, you're just like you are on video, which is another point. Don't be different than who you are in real life because at some point, you're going to have to talk to somebody and they're going to see that that may not be authentic. How does your um, timeline work? This is another place where I get really bogged down in my brain. So like I'm a high volume listing agent. So mm -hmm. I do everything exactly the same all the time. So I shoot my photos on the same day of the week at the same time. Um, sign goes out same day of the week, same time. Um, you know, listing goes live in the MLS, same day of the week, same time. Everything's always the same. So like, are you usually there when the photographer is there? Are you making a whole separate appointment to be doing your video? Like, when are you getting it done? Sure. So I'm very consistent too. I had about 40 listings last year. So those are a time suck. You and I both know that. Um, yeah, same kind of thing. Uh, photos on a Monday, video on a Tuesday, publish it Thursday night. I'm very consistent about my patterns and it's time blocked into my schedule when I know I have a listing going live. Um, just to do that because the part two where agents get lost with video is they're like, well, I'm sacrificing lead gen. No guys, video is a form of lead gen. Um, it is a way to stay in front of people and you have to double down on it. And that's the thing is if you do like three videos and you're like, wow, I didn't get anything. Well, you did three videos, right? I, I had to be consistent for an entire year before I really reaped the rewards of what I was doing. And if you have no consistency, and if you don't enjoy it, then just don't do it. Stick to the other forms of lead generation. There is, we are in a business where you, you know, some people can pick up the phone book and just start calling people and just kill it. And some people can do video or some people can just create a mom network. There are 10 different ways to skin a cat in this business and be successful. Right. You have to find the avenue that works for you. How often are you posting video of any variety? Sure. Uh, so I, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, I haven't posted one in about 10 days, which is a long time for me. I'm usually about once a week. Once a week. Um, whether it's a listing video or a local content piece, something like that. Um, and, you know, part of that too is be aware of what you're making. Uh, and by that, realize that a listing video is a tool you offer to your sellers. And it's also a tool to attract other sellers. But once you've created it, once you put it out, it's probably done. So what you need to do is you also need to create other content that's quote unquote evergreen. Things that you could recycle, things that people will want to see again. And that's where a lot of your local content should come into play, is things that can be used again. So that's why it's worth the time and it's worth the effort. Um, if you're an agent like probably Angela, you'd probably love the analytics of YouTube. That's not how my brain works, but it's a beautiful tool is if you are creating evergreen content that's highly searchable, it's going to be there for life and it's going to gain views week after week after week after week. And if you can be the first to market for YouTube for a specific town or a specific area, you can absolutely crush it. I more follow the Facebook guidelines and that's kind of what I'm into. I don't know too much about YouTube actually. So, um, because yeah, I'm pretty Malcolm Lawson on here. He's amazing with YouTube. Who is that? Amazing. 
Malcolm Lawson. He's an agent out of Baltimore. He's a very, very smart man. Um, he will blow your brains and melt your faces off. <laughs> so when you're filming videos, are you kicking the sellers out of the house or do you allow them to be there where you're like conceptualizing and putting all this stuff together? Yeah, I, I say, hey, I'm going to stop by at two. I need you gone till four. Um, you know, and it's, it just depends on the type of content. So like I told you a trunk video, I can do that in 30 minutes and people can be home and they can just stay inside the house. That's easier. But if I have a full on concept, like, like an UTS video or something like that, I can, <coughs> I can tell you one of my most ridiculous videos was there was a viral video that went around, God, probably about two years ago where somebody got into a five foot stuffed bear and took out the stuffing and then ran around through stores. And I was like, oh, that's brilliant. So I took that concept and I took it to a house and I had a bear take over a house. It was called the bear break-in. And I had somebody in a bear suit where they literally lived in the home doing daily things, drinking a beer, playing golf, playing video games, sleeping in the house. You know, if you can capitalize on content that's potentially viral before it's viral, that's a great way to gear your brain. Granted, we've all seen 10,000 T-Rex videos, so don't overdo something. But if you can be the first to a space, you can just destroy it. So. And then when you're posting out there, um, so you said you have a community group that you post in, like is that a community real estate group? So I think that's maybe another place that people get weirded out is like they're afraid to get kicked out of groups. Like groups have rules and you can advertise your business. So like how, how do you get around that or what types of groups are you posting in? Yeah, so you can't be selfish. Um, so you have to be an active member, whatever local community group that is, right? So there's one in particular, mine's, mine's called the Hanover Area Watch Group, where literally people will go in and post, what was that noise on Baltimore Street? Or that kind of small town, right? Yeah. But I've ingratiated myself in that community by creating local content. So even then, you know, when I create videos and the different connections I've made, there's a really good chance that somebody might just share one of my listing videos into that group, and I don't even have to do it. But they've figured out who I am from the videos that I've done, whether it's a local restaurant or, you know, you're from Hanover, those kind of different things, is when you do that and when you're giving, people want to see you win. And that's the hard part because you're creating content that's never going to have a direct result. Very rarely. Very, very rarely. But I can tell you when I created that video, you know you're from, it gave me credibility. Uh, you know, it was on the front page of the paper, yada, 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 that kind of stuff. And even now, I just I republished it on a different page. It's probably up to like 300 shares and 10,000 views. And it's the same exact piece of content that I just put out natively that a different audience hadn't seen. So where you have to establish yourself in the video game is are you the mayor of your town digitally, right? And it's that play. Do you encourage your sellers or your clients to share the videos? Like do you send them the link and say, please share this or no? Uh, I asked them to on the listening appointment, but you know, I'm, I'm not gonna, I, I don't usually message them and be like, share it, share it, share it. Um, but it helps. It certainly helps. <coughs> but Facebook, you know, I figured out that Facebook, if they think that you're actively pushing a piece of content, they'll actually slow your roll. Hmm. So how do you brand? I mean, I've seen it, but for other people that maybe haven't, how do you brand your videos so that they're still branded to you, but it's not like bright flashing. I'm a real estate agent. Please work with me. Yeah. So kind of my play is to be intriguing. Uh, hopefully, I don't know, maybe I am, um, to want somebody to click on my profile and see who I am and what I am. 
Um, when it comes to my intro and my outro, I have the same set. It's the same music, which music and noises are actually calling cards that you should think about. So consistency and branding is the most important thing. We all know that. That's why I wear a backwards hat every day because I'm that guy, right? I'm the guy who can get stopped in the store getting milk and be like, oh, you did that video. Yeah, that was me. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. It's normal for me to be in the grocery store and have somebody pass me and be like, hey, I saw you on Facebook. Thanks, man. Um, like those kind of moments. So when it comes to branding, um, obviously be compliant with your state, you know, your state laws, what you can and cannot do when it comes to your real estate logo and whatever brand logo you have. But it's about creating an intro and an outro, having the same noise, having the same images so that people know when it stops and when it starts. It's a calling card, right? So at the beginning of each video, it's probably 10 to 15 seconds where I have some kind of hook. I have a hook. And then it goes right into the out, right into the intro. People know it's an STA video. That's what they know. I love it. So I have a question. I mm -hmm. have been pondering a video for the last month and not doing it because I don't know, I'm an overthinker and I want to be perfect. And so in Colorado Springs where I live, people love their pets more than they like each other. Um, sure. so I was thinking about doing a video of a house, like walking through a video of a house, but having like a GoPro strapped to like the client's dog. Um, and like having a dog, like go through the house and like show you all like the places where like a dog would care about, like the toilets and like that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, but how do I like make sure that people realize that it's not just a, I don't want to call it a parody video, but like, I want it to be serious too. Like I want them to actually see like parts of the house. So would you recommend that I do that in additional video, like B-roll type stuff, or just flash some photos of the other rooms that I want them to see? Well, first I will caution you, never count on something that you can't control. Yeah. Right? That, that would be my first That's caution. part of what's holding you back. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. But the other part of it is, yeah, just strap a GoPro to its collar. And then if you want to do, like if you're dead set, like it sounds like you have that itch and you just got to scratch that itch. So go for it. <laughs> but what I would do is I would totally just narrate over that. Like I would, I would just, I hate to say this, I would embody the dog and be like, man, that's, that's a really great, great place to take a nap. Or like, I could imagine eating my kibble here. Like, and you know, if you're really trying to, the reality is you're trying to make a pet play and go after those people, they'll appreciate right. something like that. Like one of the most ridiculous videos I did is it was a, it was a very boring house. I didn't know what to do. I filmed myself. I didn't talk a single bit. And I just went around through the house and I just narrated myself. So literally at one point I was in a dining room and I pulled a pocket out of my sandwich and I started eating it. And I was making fun of myself and people very clearly knew it. And I go, oh shit, I forgot to take away his pocket sandwich. Like it's those little moments and those things where you are creating it organically that works. So we have this flaw as agents where we wanna have the utmost control over every situation. The reality is though, is that an 80% idea, like if you have it 80% together, those are often better than the 100% ideas because you're leaving moments for those little moments of organic chance. Um, and if you're comfortable doing that, then you're gonna win every time because you're letting it happen. You know, you're letting it happen in the moment. But when we overplan and we overthink is when we stop ourselves and we stranglehold ourselves. And the reality is, is that 80% of an idea, even if it's only an 80% video, that's better than everybody else in our market because 97% of agents are not doing video. Yeah, I have no one in my market that I can tell you is doing video, period. 
we yeah, barely yeah. that's like a statistic that's yeah. like six months ago like that's how many agents are afraid of video yeah i think it's all because we're terrified of our image you know sure and but we tend to overthink that quite a bit and we're perfectionists and that we are, video I, are not a good combo <laughs> i i have 50 pounds that i would love not to have but somebody's still going to see me in person and see that like it's still there. <laughs> it's, not, it's not going away, video or no video. Um, it's kind of like, what do they say when you go on a diet? Like, uh, buy the clothes that fit. Don't focus on the clothes that don't fit. Right. You can't avoid video because of what you're afraid you look like. That's what you look like now. You can change that. But it's what you look like now. And if you're not throwing out that fishing line, you're never going to have that fishing line. All right. Well, my um, goal is to have a video out by the time this airs. So you guys can hold me accountable um, that I'm gonna at least do one so you can see what it's like. And it's not, I guarantee it's not gonna be as scary as I've already made it up to be in my head, so. It, it's um, really, it's not that scary. I, I promise, I, and do you know what? I bet you if you throw up that video, Angela, and you say, hey, this is my very first video, what can I do better? You're gonna get a lot of love and support from your people yeah. on Facebook that wanna see you win. And that's the other thing too, is the people that are like, oh, you shit the bed, Angela. They were never your fans to begin with. They were never your cheerleaders. So why do you care? Yeah. Nope, I agree. So we are, as we're recording this, in this very weird um, pandemic crisis. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and number one, I would love to hear you talk about if you have any recommendations for how people can utilize video to affect their real estate business more right now because a lot of um you know in-person showings and all of that stuff is is being taken online and number mm -hmm. two like everybody is sitting around we're quarantined at home we have technology and time to do this so what do you recommend and if you can't go stand in front of your listing is there a way that you can still do videos about it or represent it yeah i, I mean if you if you really don't want to go to your house and get a green screen delivered to your front door and then throw up the photos of the listing and start talking about it while you stand in front of the green screen. And it's actually surprisingly easy to do that. You can watch one YouTube video for 10 minutes and know how to do it. Um, if you're worried about anything you ever want to do on a video, you can literally YouTube it, anything that you want to do. Um, you know, kind of in the vein of what you're saying is I put out a caution about a week ago in, in my group RETV. And I just ask people to be really cognizant of what they're saying and how they're addressing, you know, the coronavirus. At the end of the day, you know, we don't know the ramifications of what's going to happen. We don't know how many people are going to die. We don't know how many people are going to be affected financially from this. We don't know how many people are actually going to get ill. We don't know how many people are going to lose 30, 40% of their stock value, which could be a reality for many people. Um, I would really caution people as using the virus as a ways a means to get business. Um, I think it's really shitty for somebody to do that. Um, I think that at the end of the day, when it comes to this and how you're reaching your marketplace, is come from a place of concern, you know, come from a place of helping. And, you know, if you're somebody who's already invested in the community, it's not gonna look strange. It's not at all, right? Um, I just, I don't, I'm really tired of seeing the, the memes of people saying, hey, like, oh, I could see myself quarantined here. And if, if you posted that meme, that's, that's, that's fine. But I want you to really think about how that plays with the consumer. You know, it's some of these people have lost 30% of their retirement and you're asking them to come buy a house. 
that's probably not the right messaging for right now. Yeah. Right now, the messaging is how can I help? You know, or if you're talking about the rates, then don't relate it to the virus. You know, don't don't connect something negative that's happening to something that honestly helps you or I at the end of the day. Make it about doing your job or helping. Don't blur the lines of coronavirus and selling a house. I mean, that's what we always tell people is if you're coming from a place of providing value and helping people, you're going to be fine. Your business is going to be fine as a byproduct of it. But if you're coming from that place of genuinely caring, like that's the best thing you could possibly do. And that's the best content you should possibly have. Like right now we have a lot of business owners, restaurant owners that are devastated by this. So how can mm -hmm. we help? You know, every single day, you know, my kids and I for lunch, we're ordering from a different place and we're trying to feature that place. Um, you know, and we're going to keep doing that as the weeks go on so we can make sure that those people are still staying in business. Um, that's, you know, Cause it's that's terrifying. A, it, it's, it's super terrifying. And it's, it's sad that we're joking about it when it's an unknown. Yeah. Um, and that might sound extreme, you know, I, I might sound like a millennial, but at the end of the day, people are being hurt by whatever's going on and you have to be sensitive to that. Um, you know, one of the things I'll be doing is I have quote unquote evergreen content for, you know, a dog groomer for multiple restaurants, those kind of things. I'm going to republish those videos again and I'm going mm -hmm. to say, Hey, like, don't forget about the food, you know, those, those kind of things. At the end of the day, you know, our business is an attraction business. It's not necessarily a headhunt, kill, see the results. It's a, where was that person when this thing was happening? Is that somebody that I'd want to do business with? Um, but please don't, please don't capitalize on people's pain. Um, and that's really where my messaging comes from on that. Well, and I, think, I think a lot of realtors don't see themselves hurting as well. They... I don't think a lot of realtors realize that if title companies start shutting down, the government starts shutting down, you as a realtor are going to start suffering yourself. So put yourself mm -hmm. in the people who are losing their jobs now. We may be unemployed in 30 to 60 to 90 days. And I don't think those realtors are understanding that. Uh, no, I am. The, the, the ramifications of what's going on right now are, are very, very lost. Because we're not, we're not going to see the economics of it for another 8 to 12 months. We're not exactly. going to see the backlash of it. And the reality is, is that I'm in a county. I cover two counties. Really, my, my bread and butter is two counties. Both of those courthouses are shut down. Do you think any of those searchers can do any searching right now? Nope. It's very, very difficult. If you have online searching, maybe. But at the end of the day, recording the deeds is going to be awfully difficult. I was just talking right? about that this morning. Yeah. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're, I was just talking to a lender at Chase about that this morning. They're trying to figure out um, which banks will and won't allow e-recording so that people mm -hmm. can still close. But depending on the bank, they may not offer it and you may be SOL and not closing because of it. So. Well, and some of us are going to be in a very precarious situation where, you know, we're still actively working, you know, for better or worse. I, I'm never going to fault anybody for having to feed the family. I, I won't sit in a place of judgment of that. But you know, where I am, there's York County and Adams County. Adams County will not allow a mail-in recording, just like kind of what you're talking about, but York County will. So mentally, am I going to get into this game of, hey, I know you were straddling the line of these two counties. Should we maybe look in this one? Because I know the transactions are going to go through. Ooh. That's going to be a bridge that some people are going to have to cross. And that's, that's a tough mental place to come from, right? 
And if you do wrestle with that, then you need to have transparency with the consumer about that reality, right? Or even lenders like, hey, I need you to not work with this one. Not I need you to. Hey, you should consider working with this one and not this one because this one will allow e-recording of your deed and this one has a title company that will place gap coverage so that you can close. This one, you're never going to get to the closing table. Like, I, I hadn't even thought about that, Colin. That's pretty wild. Yeah, it's a, it's a real mental struggle. And at the end of the day, you, you have to go with where your heart is and where your ethics are. And if you're unsure, then it's probably a no. Uh, but at the end of the day, reach out to two or three people that you trust, right? And definitely reach out to local people. I feel like we get in a, a trap of group think. You know, we all need to have mentorship that's locally in front of us and accountable. Um, it's great to talk to people about video online, but when it comes to local, you know, local business, talk to those people that know this area better than you do. Agreed. So do you want to, you touched on it a couple of times and we'll link it in the show notes for people, but would you like to talk about RETV and how that group came about and kind of what the community in there is like? Sure. Um, so one of my best friends, Tim Macy, who's out of San Antonio, um, he and I are both at the same company. Um, we both really, really like video and we were some of the early adopters, thankfully. Um, but what that resulted in is a lot of people just sliding into our inbox and asking us questions about what we're doing and how we're doing it. And I realized about two years ago, actually, so May will be two years for our ATV, um, that there was a need for a community like this. And honestly, I wanted to protect my inbox. Um, and really, it's a place to go where you can ask anything and everything about video. There are no stupid questions. You know, you can ask about camera, you can ask about gear, you can ask about concepts, you can throw out your videos, you can do all of those things. And it's a community where there's no slant towards anything. Uh, one of our number one rules right at the top of the page, we'll never sell you anything. Uh, unfortunately, that's not true for all groups. Uh, mm -hmm. Some people want to hit 10,000 so that they can start marketing to you. 10,000 is the key number, by the way, for a group. Um, in case you didn't know that. Um, but it's there just to help, period. Um, and we've created a really good culture, thankfully. Um, we do retreats. We went to a retreat in November where we rented out a whole house and we had like 50 people in a house and we just created content, talked about content and learned from each other. And um, it was just the cost of actually going for everybody. So. It is awesome. And you are awesome. And I just want to say thank you so much for spending so much time with us today. And everybody should go and join RETV and start learning about video. Um, there's a perfect opportunity right now in the market where you might have some downtime to start exploring some of this stuff. And um, I love when Colin said, just hit record, like get out of your own head and just go for it. Um, and I think that it will pay off hugely. So thank you so much for your time today. And we will see you guys all next week. Bye guys. Bye. We hope you loved our show today. If you enjoyed it, do the homegirls a favor and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. Share this episode with all of your homegirls and friends and find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at homegirlco.